Hello, welcome to the Honest World Gamer. I'm your host, Rob. I'm joined by the Twitch chat every Monday, 11am till sometime, where we look at the event results from around the world for the Age of Sigmar tournament scene. And we've got some really great news to start the show off. There's the Twitch chat shout out. Uh, please do like and subscribe and all that other stuff. This top of the hour, top of the top of the show. Um, ask yourselves the question, do you think there are more or less Age of Sigmar events than this year, this time last year? And do you think that there are more or less players than this time last year? And the answer is pretty shocking. There were, let me just get this right, let me get my notes up. Uh, there were 19 events last year. Uh, this time last year, by the time we tracked uh, the results, 19 events this time last year with 800 players registered. This year, there are 58 events uh, tracked with uh, nearly 2,000 players. Nearly 2,000 players. So it's effectively doubled over the course of a year. Um, maybe even a little bit more, which is pretty amazing. So if you're excited about Age of Sigmar, if you're new to Age of Sigmar, or if you're just like really looking forward to going to events, it seems like there's a growing community of brand new people who go to events and it's super popular, which is great. I think it's a really great game. I think people are having loads of fun. I just ran an event this weekend. Um, we had uh, a couple of people who haven't been to many events. We had some real veterans who've been to many events. Uh, and uh, the, the mix was amazing because every time one of those people gets involved, you're super excited and, 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 and the community really welcomes you in. And tournaments are really good fun. Even if you aren't trying to win the event and you're just going there to play some tough games and really understand how the game works, it's the best environment to do so. So absolutely fantastic uh, news um, uh, that the Age of Sigmar tournament scene has, in fact, doubled. Uh, Rob Kelly in the chat making, uh, I think, a, a really fair point um, that, of course, some of the places last year weren't able to actually play because there were restrictions or lockdowns in place in certain places around the world. And I think, quite rightly so, a lot of people are still really worried about going out and, and attending larger or just several events. However, the number of events has definitely increased, and because I've done the Stat Center for nearly four years now, I can promise you that the quantity of events has greatly increased, as has the player base. Sometimes it used to be there would just be the big event every month or so, uh, and it would be some point in the world, and now they're just big events all the time. So it's great news. The, great, the game is growing, the community is growing, and it's just absolutely fantastic news for us as a community. So love that. Fantastic. We can start the show off today by looking through the stats. The Twitch chat are going to help me. Now, YouTube commentators or commenters or other people. Number one, it's pronounced Vallejo. Number two, importantly, yeah, I understand we've did a graphic update on the stats and so they don't present really well on the screen right now. We're in talks with the designer to change it back so it's different. Yeah, okay, I understand. Right now, you can go on the website and look at it yourself. I'm sorry that it's it just looks like lines, but I promise we'll try and have the, the font changed for the future. Okay, there we go. Fair point. Thanks for leaving the comment. Like and subscribe. Right, okay, so we're going to look at the stats. Now, these are all of the stats for specifically uh, this version of Age of Sigmar 3. So this is what we call Age of Sigmar 3.3. That's the version of Age of Sigmar that we are in. So Age of Sigmar 3.3, that's how... I, the stats people, but also generally you as the public, can keep track of where we are in the game. This means ever since the Galette Battle Pack, or or Galet, if you were, uh, or French, or Chante, Galet, um, <laughs> you, uh, if you, uh, ever since that Battle Pack was released, so basically everything that's happened over the past, I think it's two months, it might be two and a half months at this point, uh, basically. So uh, ever since uh, the GHB effectively changed it. Now what's interesting is we know that the beginning of the next, uh, next month, we think, or some time towards the end of this month, we'll have our three month, balance update the battle scroll battle scroll uh which uh, we're going to talk about later on the monday show about like what we expect to be or not be in the battle scroll so effectively balance updates but just quick kind of like high level looks i assume they're going to do something about purple sun i actually think it's quite good for the game uh, there was a time when god monsters were a major issue and ultimately i quite like that troops are really resistant to it in uh, a battle pack where also troops are kind of in a really interesting place with galician veterans uh, and also um bounty hunters and unmatched conquerors and 
proving grounds and a bunch of other really interesting elements uh, on the game, in the game, and on the game, and on the table, and in the table, and around the table. Uh, it's really interesting, uh, kind of like meta at the moment with so many moving parts, which I think makes the game really exciting. Um, and so Purple Sun, I think, is a really good inclusion. However, some people are going to be triggered by it as soon as I've said that it, so they're going to say get rid of it. Similarly, I expect maybe, um, uh, like, not under the table, though. Never under the table. We're an over-the-table show. Yeah, nothing under the table. Um, not behind the table, chat. Fuck off. Right, so the other... Oh, just demonetized it. Oh, nightmare. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point is, um, uh, so, and I also expect something to be done about the Incarnate. I expect a points increase probably for the Incarnate. Um, maybe, maybe not. Have they sold enough yet? Who knows? Um, uh, we'll see. Don't forget, you can buy 3D print versions from Etsy for like £15. So, uh, always important to remember um, that you can play the game however you like. Okay, so let's look at the. Um, so, I would like to know what your predictions are. Chat, your opportunity to do your predictions. If you listen to us as a podcast, maybe just wind your window down if you're in the car and just shout your predictions out. Talk to your person who you're driving with. I don't know, if you listen to this as a podcast at home, maybe just you know shout over to your partner, ask your kids what they think. What's your predictions um, on what the battle scroll might be? Leave them in the comments below uh, and any of those things. Right. Um, if you say, uh, <laughs> I agree, Dave, I agree. Right, okay, so let's look at the actual uh, stats. So we've got 43 tournaments in the tank with 7,608 faction results and 3,804 matches. What does it look like? Ladies and gentlemen, it looks really, really good. Really good. This is the healthiest and best I've seen the game be um, when it comes to, like, a, from a from a clear numbers perspective, right? There are loads of other elements to talk about, and everything that we see here doesn't express the difference uh, between... This obviously is talking about external balance, and there's nothing really uh, showing internal balance so that's like are all units taken equally all the time and of course the answer is not there and actually we do have some data on that which i'll be talking about next week in your most chosen units that you see in the game okay but from a balance perspective it looks great with only three factions going over our 55 percent win 55 percent win rate category and this is huge normally or last season even and uh, go back and look at some of the older stat shows you'll see a bunch of armies over the 60 percent win rate mark Right now, there are only three factions sat at 56% win rate. That's Sons of Behemoth, Maggotkin of Nurgle, and Seraphon. That's just 1% over where we want Games Workshop to have them. So, massive shout-outs to Games Workshop on this. Yeah, I'll, I'll be mean to them when I think they deserve uh, someone being mean to them, but I'll also shout-out when I think that the, uh, the game designers are doing a great job. Especially when there's some really interesting elements. Like Seraphon, example, we knew that Salamanders were too good in the last version of Age of Sigmar, and so you actually got bonus extra points for killing them. In this version of Age of Sigmar, you don't, that just went away, and so you just ended up with like people taking salamanders again same with things like formulators um however they don't seem to have necessarily upticked um am i a joke to you rob no way no you're not a joke to me hello chat <laughs> right uh, so seraphon maggot kitten of nurgle and sons of behemoth at 56 percent win rate and i'm absolutely not surprised to see the return of sons of behemoth new book coming soon uh, but easily one of the uh, easiest factions to do really well with, um, with a like a very high positive win rate potential. Um, and we'll talk about like meta representation in a minute. So Magakin, I actually think this commentator's opinion. I think Magakin is the best uh, army in the game at the moment. Uh, specifically the fly build. I think it plays so well into how you want to play the game. Tempo-wise, you want to put as many units in your opponent's deployment. Turns 1-2, especially because of those two really easy-to-achieve battle tactics, uh, which are barge to enemy lines. If you can do it with Galician Veterans, you get that bonus point. And the game currently is so razor-thin on when you can score additional points or um, uh, if you drop a tacti battle tactic, probably going to lose the game. So uh, being able to get those plus desecrate their lands, which is ho uh, hold a terrain piece wholly or partially within your opponent's territory, those two are so effective for armies that want to go forward really aggressively. Sons of Behemoth, Magikin and Nurgle. Seraphon is different. Seraphon is just a really broken book uh, with so many overlapping abilities that just shouldn't exist uh, that that's why they're at a 56% win rate because they're a castle build, uh, very much like Lumineth would play, uh, but they just are just incredibly offensive. So that's how that works. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, those are the two 
armies that are doing well, and I'm not surprised. And then if to follow on that theme, Bone Splitters are an army that's on a 55% win rate. Um, I think at this point we can say that that feels fairly valid. Uh, they've got mm, enough results that like I feel that I can call that as being they're, they're in a good spot, which is pretty pretty crazy. Uh, 17 tournaments, 55, 54 matches. That does tend to be pretty much the same group of people. Uh, a lot of those event results come out from the US. However, there has been uh, the same army played at different results in the UK and in Europe as well. So we've kind of got like cross-pollination. So it's not just a person doing well as a good example. Um, sometimes you get an army doing well just because one person's doing well with it. Uh, and they tend to attend loads of events. Uh, so I think that that seems fine. Uh, happy morning, uh, faces and bases. Then you've got Beast of Chaos. Just really good for it rally. Who knew? Uh, uh, Disciples of Zinch, um, really interesting kind of army. They're at 52% along with Nighthorn and Carriage and Overlords. Now, those are just fine. Like, I know a lot of people feel like Nighthorn are a real difficult army to deal with. Uh, they're like, I don't know how to beat it. But as you can see, they've been beaten plenty. They've only got a 52% win rate. Again, I can't express enough how great this looks. How wonderful this looks. Like, there are definitely problem armies and armies that do better than some armies. Um, and Nighthorn's also got a really high meta percentage. Especially because it's one of those things that you got like free in the the kind of magazine Mortal Empires, and it was a starter box army, which generally tends to, uh, in my opinion, drop a couple of percentage points in in the skill cap of it, it being played at tournaments. However, um, I still don't see it as being incredibly dangerous uh, because they're not even near a sixty percent win rate. We've had sixty percent um, win rates a lot. We don't have that here, and they're at fifty-two, so they're super okay. Um, uh, Toby in the chat Zinch is just some guys for in the new book will be shit and get their toys out before showing them Black Toby I kind of agree I kind of agree being one of those people who's also done the same but I also think it's got a lot of really useful tools in a magic dominant uh, meta as well as an anti-magic meta I think Zinch can do quite nicely uh, a lot of the armies that are looking to play Sylvaneth a good example looking to cast a bunch of spells to, d to be more effective um, Doors of Cain, I guess, trying to cast some spells to be effective. Beast of Chaos, maybe, probably not. Um, uh, Seraphon definitely looking to cast spells, and they can code toe for toe for them. Magikin not looking to do spells. That's kind of one of the interesting elements as well. Seraphon got a uh, dominant magic phase, um, and really difficult to shut them down. And they're great anti magic. Suns don't care about magic, and Magikin and Nurgle also don't care about magic. Uh, whereas, like, I think Nighthaunt may be looking to do a couple of spells, especially that five up ward save, if they can get that off on a unit, making them even more survivable with a four up unrendable five up ward. Um, and so Zinch playing in there seems to make a lot of sense. Uh, aren't all Zinch list just taking an incarnate? I would agree that the the incarnate feels like a really key piece in the Zinch army that the Zinch army previously didn't have. Never really had a combat block, um, uh, so like I think that's actually a really useful piece for them. Um, uh, Greg in the chat says, I think the problem with Nighthorn and why people moan about them is they feel quite rock, paper, scissors. You can deal with them or just get smashed. Could be wrong. That's just my feeling. I kind of agree with Greg as well, especially when uh, they've got a cruel gas cruciator, which reduces the damage that a unit might take down by one to a minimum of one. But you can stack that so you can have like the most offensive unit in the game. So you could pay loads and loads of points to have a really, really powerful unit. And then your opponent can just reduce your damage down by one, save all of the saves on a four up because they they have a four up unrendable on some of the units. Uh, and then they can have a five up ward on top of it. And then they can return three slain models uh, back to that unit at the end of the combat phase as well. So there's some real kind of like um, uh, like almost almost uh, anti-thinking. So it, it, it feels at odds with what you've done. Like your points don't really relate to effectiveness, which is what the Nighthorn army does. So I can definitely see why it feels problematic. Absolutely. I think it's also one of those armies where you really have to reposition your thoughts. We've talked about DPS checks army before where there's just a lot of wounds or they're very defensive. So you've got to wonder how do I do how do I do the 24 damage I need to do to two flies to kill it how do I do um, the 35 wounds to a garg and, and now really what Nighthorn armies are asking is like how do you do you're going to need to do something like um, uh, 60 to 80 wounds like after you've rolled to hit into wound into a Nighthorn army uh, unit especially 30 like Blade Geist Revenants with a five up ward to guarantee to kill it like that's a lot that's, you're asking a lot. So a weight of dice attacks. So witch elves, maybe that's why we're seeing them be more popular. Sort of Sisters of Slaughter, maybe that's why we're seeing those be more popular as well. I'm going to take a breath. I was so serious there for a minute. Let's take a, let's take a quick moment. 
hold on hold on like i don't think there's any right answers a lot of the time a lot of this is just discussions i've just been at an age of sigma event at the weekend i walked away had dinner with three great people luke uh matt and owen and we just talked silverneth lists like why does silverneth never 5-0 apart from one time like what's going on what do they play what are they doing wrong you know like and it's not necessarily like the the book's bad yeah because it's not but like as you can see silverneth are on a 48 percent win rate brand new book they're not top tier but there's it's there's a think there's something going on there there's something to think through and that's really exciting it's really exciting to talk about um yeah when you have units with lower tax but high rent it feels bad uh, for rent uh, to just not matter i agree uh okay so uh let's go talk about carriage and overlords 52 percent win rate they've had nothing really new in the game apart from those that incarnate in there and they've got a purple sun They've always struggled as an army. They definitely can deal damage at range. They struggle if they get doubled into, especially by a melee army, because they get hit, wounded, smashed up. What they're looking to do, though, uh, is they're looking to shoot you and then run away. This is terrible for an objective-based game because they want to stand on an objective. So, <laughs> But now they've got an incarnate who can go fight on objectives, counts on a monster, and counts as five. They've also got the Purple Sun, which they can go drop in their opponent's uh, army so you can deep strike or alpha strike uh, with the the big boat or any of those things and drop using spell in a bottle drop a purple sun into your opponent's army why that's great is because you don't even need to kill anything but what it does is it means it reduces their save by one and that's huge because that takes all of the guns that they have up to basically ren two and this makes them far more punchy right now ren one is very swingy very very swingy especially because you've got all out defense you've got like a really good unit but it's only got rend one effectively your opponent can just be like cool i'm going to all out defense and now i just neuter your rend completely and that changes the maths pretty significantly i think um uh yeah all our rend one sucks purple sun helps a lot that so i think that's why you're seeing carriage and overlords be super happy with that daughters of cain a 51 percent win rate that's actually uh really interesting um uh, Daughters of Cain, because I think, again, they're a very effective army. I think what we're seeing, if I can be uh, like a little impertinent <laughs> on a Monday morning, is a bunch of people trying to do combat armies uh, with Daughters of Cain. And we've seen it fairly successfully. Like Jeffrey, who's currently in the chat, um, uh, did really well recently with uh, um, a more um, witch elf based list especially using the high gladder tricks so you can effectively have witch elf blocks on twos and twos uh, with a bunch of attacks and we're seeing that do quite well at several events so um we've seen that more than once which is great like really really good but doors king sat on a 51 percent win rate really tells me that they're not leaning into what is super strong still which is Marathi in the bow stakes i don't think that i don't think that build is any worse than it once was my personal opinion um uh, once somebody finds this, that stands out and fire uh, runaways. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so then uh, we've got Fire Slayers. Now, Fire Slayers are in interesting place as well, 51%. Um, doing better than I think that, uh, doing better than I thought that they were going to do. But actually, based on my conversation just from this weekend, Fire Slayers are a mid-board army. What I mean by that is, is they move into the mid-board quite aggressively, and that's where you have to fight them. It's actually quite good, really, when you're thinking about battle tactics and when you're just thinking about battle plans anyway. Ultimately, they're fighting on objectives, and if you can't push them off, and they are very tanky and very fighty, then they're going to hold the objective, and they're going to score points, and they score points, they've got a shot of winning. Like, it's that simple. Like, it's all easy to say over the course of five turns, you table the Fire Slayer army, but it's very tough to be like, I beat that unit up enough that I can grab the objective, right? There's also, uh, as been pointed out in the chat, like uh, Magmadroth lists, which are doing okay, uh, across the board like some are doing great some are doing okay there's normally a mixture though when i read the 4-1 results it's normally either magma Droths or it's a bunch of hearthgar berserkers and actually the mixture between the two is pretty exciting uh, to be honest so great work for fire slayers really happy for them actually because i really wasn't expecting them to be up here now the one that's kind of interesting to me is ineth deepkin 50 percent win rate 50 percent win rate and and that's great because that's just middle of the pack that's exactly what you want to be it's not too good it's not too bad um it's it's really great interesting thing about Ideneth, uh, for me personally, is again, it's not like a very aggro, uh, like in your territory army, like you would see Suns, or you would see maybe uh, Flies from Magikin and Nurgle play. And because of that, they kind of, they're fairly standoffish um, on the first few turns. You don't generally tend to see like Ideneth Deepkin Alphas, unless you're talking maybe a bunch of Reavers or something with an Incarnate, and they do a bunch of shooting. But I think even that way lies disaster, because as soon as they get hit, they fall over. 
So, and I know there's loads of people who've been trying to push Deepkin around like really well. So Deepkin has come out as kind of a surprising army, like as in they were, they're not around a 60% win rate, they're sat at a 50. And I think that that's a disaster. Yeah, complete disaster. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it is. So, like, actually quite surprised by that. Um, and actually excited to see that because I was saying this again to the week at uh, the weekend. I was saying to Hazel, who's playing Deepkin, I was saying that I didn't feel like there's one of those armies that they need one extra unit, but I feel that one additional unit would make them maybe a bit too good. I'm not really sure. It's also got a really small roster. So, it's really difficult to pick out uh, exactly the units that you want for exactly the roles that you need, which I think is kind of interesting. Whereas, um, you know, if we look at Nurgle, they've got a great opportunity to just use Nurglings, uh, like a really cheap, chaffy piece to do something with, uh, while bigger pieces go and run away. Um, so I think that's quite interesting. Uh, hello, horsies. Thanks for resubscribing for the Syndicate. Let's go. Um, uh, Blaze of Corn, 47% win rate. What a glow up. What an absolute glow up. Had a little bit of change with their Blood Tithe. Uh, which I think is quite nice. We've also seen a reduction in uh, how much shooting there is in the game. So I think um, there is still a lot of shooting, of course, but um, uh, like Nighthaunt being 7% of the meta, um, Magakin being in there as well, they're all fighting armies, and that really gives Blades of Corn an opportunity to fight really well. They had Blood Tithe update, which seems quite good for them as well. Um, almost all of these lists feature Scarbrand. Scarbrand is carrying the entire Corn faction upon his meaty shoulders. Um, and is uh, is a it's a fighting counter punch army. So effectively, what it does is it wants to fight you in the mid board, and then it wants to like position Scarbrand in so he just fights a billion times and does loads of damage. That's what he does. Um, uh, Skaven, forty-seven percent win rate. Not surprised to see that. I I, I doubt that gets any higher. Um, and I in fact continue. I think I'll continue to see that get lower um, as well. Uh, it's just an old book that's got some slightly new tricks, but. Other than that, it's um, I think it falls by the wayside, especially because it's a good caster, um, but not necessarily a great anti-caster in some ways. Um, and if it is, it's on like very specific characters who then you're building around it, which is a huge problem. Um, like, uh, like I, I, I feel really down on Skaven at the minute, but that's because I feel like they really got uh, the copy-paste kind of like book, which Doors got, but Doors are like cool my book was already fine <laughs> like i'm very happy with that um uh what a list looking like i don't see them very often in the 4-1 bracket uh i see some storm fiend lists sometimes i see some vermin lords but i generally don't tend to see them and so i don't really uh um uh funny people scream for two years to nerf shooting it finally happened look at the win rates now i know right look at it right uh cities of sigma 40 percent 47 percent win rate um which i think is uh, a real uh positive so again good place for it to be living city got nerfed pretty aggressively we've seen hollow heart lists as well which is really fun stormcast eternals on a 46 percent win rate i think that's a little bit unrepresentative of how good they are i think stormcast like if you take out like a lot of people who are just playing their first stormcast army at an event and a bunch of other stuff i think they generally sit higher like 50 to 52 percent win rate uh generally because um i think there's some really good builds at the minute we're seeing dragon builds do really well um we're seeing the the, the aoe mortal bomb slan uh incarnate uh, no sorry slan uh celestine prime uh, and even, even, even a, a, a dragon. Well, what the hell are they even called anymore? Uh, Lord Celestial, Star Drake, a Star Drake in conjunction with it. So doing, uh, and all of that in conjunction with the comet, the endless spell, the Everblaze comet. So doing a bunch of mortal wounds in airway is what we're seeing in a minute. Um, uh, so yeah, so Stormcast Eternals, and they've got like a bunch of different fun builds you can do as well. Like uh, ultimately, they're I think they're good. I think they're a really good book, and forty six percent isn't bad. Uh, Saves the Darkness forty six percent. Yeah, Saves the Darkness is an interesting one. Like we're seeing a bunch of Knights of the Empty Throne list do really well in Germany and England. I don't think we've necessarily seen any come out of the US yet. Um, uh, but yeah, they've been doing really well as well. I think I also saw one in Sweden. So Slaves of Darkness, Knights of the Empty Throne with those Varangard uh, seem to be doing really quite nicely. Again, moving into a fighting meta um, or generally into an anti-magic meta because they're marked uh, Mark of Zinch. So they can ignore spells twice, which I think is really strong. And with a three-up armor save, we run it once. Great, great work. Luminous Realm Lords, 46% win rate. They can be higher. They can be really higher. Um, again, kind of like what we were talking about with um, with Sylvaneth. Sylvaneth, three armies play the same. Seraphon, Sylvaneth, 
and Lumineth Romelords. They all project power at range from a castle at the back of the board. However, um, I don't think necessarily Sylvanas should play that way. Lumineth Romelords do play that way, and then they unpack, and it's really on their opponent to kind of fall for that, um, which I think is kind of interesting. Uh, but we'll see what happens with their new book. And Seraphon do it and are also broken. Uh, Iron Jaws, 46% win rate. Good, honest, old Iron Jaws. Still think it's a great book. I would put Iron Jaws on the table tomorrow and hope to go 4-1 or 5-0 at an event. Don't think they've got any problems. Just make sure you put them in a one-drop. Then you really can control the board state. Um, pigs, obviously, not brutes. Uh, Legion of the First Prince, 45% win rate. Feels fair. It's kind of like, a at this stage, a, like a gimmicky one-trick book. Um, maybe could do with having something redone to it, but with the new Safe Sedatus book out in the future, which definitely is... Uh, oh, no, what's his name? What is he? The Enlightened Centrist. What's his name? Uh, what is that fella's name? Um, the God of Medium Takes. Oh, Bellacor. Bellacor. Bellacor is like, what, like one of the absolutely best units to put in the game right now, especially against kind of like big Death Star blocks if they exist. Uh, but normally you'd put them in the safe, in your safe Sedatus armies. Or even in any army, really. Bellacor's great. Like, if you could put Bellacor in, you should. Um, there, sure, there sure are a lot of factions. There are. There are. Uh, <laughs> um, he dies to Sinesh, uh 45% win rate. Um, I mean, just scraping the barrel, but they're in. Uh, they're in. Blitz Barb Archers, Incarnate, doing a lot of work. Uh, Soblake Gravelords are below the line and i think there's a couple of reasons for this number one probably the the best way for them to do a bunch of damage um it in the old build would have been using van hell's dance macabre and a bunch of zombies um a bunch of zombies uh were kind of their go-to trick or maybe even graveguard the problem is, is all of those are galician veterans so bounty hunter units are smashing into them right However, I absolutely feel that there's some very strong Soul Black Grave Lords this a minute, specifically uh, centering around using Blood Knights. Uh, we've seen Neferata and Blood Knights do really well several times. Neferata can make it so that you can't worsen the uh, armor save of a unit, but you can add to an armor save of a unit. So you could very easily Mystic Shield unit at 10 Blood Knights, which is 30 wounds, and give them a 2-up unrendable save, which is pretty amazing uh, in a combo. Also, in Legion of Blood, especially in conjunction with the Horrorgast, you've got the ability to make a load of units run away. You can't get pinned in because you can retreat with the, uh, uh, with the Blood Knights, which is quite nice unless you're fighting an incarnate. Um, so ultimately, I think like it's more of the, the army that people built isn't as good in this version, but there is an army in Soulblight Gravelords that is good. Flesh Eater Courts uh, have done well. They're on a 42% win rate, but we've seen uh, some people, shout out to Carl, B's up, C's down. Um, Carl over in Canada doing really well with uh, Flesh Eater Courts, big units of nine flayers. So people have been running them all over. Um, and then, so Flesh Eater Courts do have some builds that have done well. Ocean Up Bone Reapers, 40% win rate, but they do have some builds that have done well, uh, specifically Swaggy Shadow Sword and a couple of other people. Cruel Boys, 39%. They are not good. I'm not like even entertaining for every person ever, ever. <laughs> it's just they're not good, so just live with it. I don't care. Uh, and then, and if you win, it's because the people you played were rubbish. Like that's a flag in the ground. It's a hill I'll die on. Right? End convo. Um, oh, but what about Gobsprack? Shut up. And then Gloomsprack gets thirty-seven percent. Right? Uh, like they just, they just, they are, they are the Skaven book without an update more poorly balanced uh, and written badly um so uh that's that's that let's just quickly look at the meta meta uh, representation most popular armies stormcast still nine percent but that's down from like 12 or 13 percent at one point so they're going to keep dropping and that'll probably happen over the course of the edition unless they get a new book that's been the trend uh, in second edition as well sylvaneth and nighthorn at seven percent of the meta Silverleth being at 7% of the meta and Nighthaunt being at 7% of the meta are actually really, really interesting because Nighthaunt have posted a few 5-0s. Silverleth have posted one 5-0. So there's a real glass ceiling for one bracket on Silverleth, which is quite fascinating, especially with the tools that they have as an army. Um, then you've got Daughters of Cain uh, at 6.5% of the meta, which I'm not surprised to see that. Skaven at 5.8% of the meta. Which could explain why their win rate is lower than I expected it to be. Um, maybe it should be higher. 
maybe it should be higher. Megakin Nurgle at 5.5% of the meta, and so they're a popular army, and they're doing very well. That's a real good sign that that army's very, like, that is too good. Um, uh, Seraphon, at exactly the same place, so 5.5% uh, of the meta, but both of them 56% win rates, so I think both those need addressing, you know, like a balance patch. Deepkin, 4.7%, and Iron Jaws, 4.6%. Soblight Gravelords 3.7, at one point they were 9% of the meta, so they, they've dropped in popularity uh, immensely. Fire Slayer's up to 3.5% of the meta, that's great. I think a lot of people are really excited that you can run a bunch of Magma Droth armies and run around, which is really cool. Sons of Behemoth down from where they once were at 10% popularity, but 3.4%, uh, and then it continues down. In fact, the exciting bit is actually that Gits are being played more. 2.9% of the meta, because at one point they were down to like under 1% of the meta. But they're now at 3% of the meta, which is great, but they're still the worst performing army, which is sad. Um, uh, there we go. Uh, Incarnate, Purple Sun, Blood, need a nerf. Uh, Obi-Wan, Crawlboys need a fix. They do. Yes, that's true. Um, okay, so good, good, good. Uh, so that, that's the kind of meta representation at the minute. Um, with, obviously, new Lumineth coming out. New Lumineth is coming out soon, and uh, new Zinch, new Ogres, new Suns. So lots to talk about there. Um, let's just take a moment to look at uh, Sylvaneth, because Sylvaneth is kind of interesting to me. Nighthorn and Sylvaneth, uh, one of those two armies that I want to take a look at, uh, kind of uh, over times. So you can see they're like they're almost they're almost in unison, uh, both in uh, win rate. Uh, as you can see, so like there's a, there is a four percent difference, so it's not exactly the same. Um, so there's a four percent difference between the two, um, and then uh, their meta representation is is both equally the same. So again, when a book releases, you see a big spike. So what I expect to see is when these four new books come out over the next few months, I expect to see some other armies take a massive dip, basically. Zinch um, and other books are in summer. Okay, keep so sure. <laughs> <laughs> Give Obi the ability to stack command abilities. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, and of course, if you would like to look at any of this, I'll include it in the show notes. But if you'd like to look at any of this information, it's all available thanks to Ziggy and Rob uh, in the uh, over on the Honest Wargamer on the stats tab. So you can check this all out. So conclusions. What do I think about it? Oh, it's a positive win rate potentials. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, Seraphon, 69% still. So this means how likely you are to go 3-2 at an event to have a positive win rate. Sons of Behemoth, also 67%. Uh, and Bone Splitters, Beast of Chaos, and Big War all in the 60% range, which is quite nice. Uh, OCR Bone Reapers, Gits, and Cruel Boys have a 28% chance to have a positive win rate potential. So that's kind of like fun. Anyone wants to challenge themselves, pick up Flesh Eater Courts, Cruel Boys, Goonspike Gits, or Bone Reapers, and just be like, I need to go 3-2. If you do that, then you're doing great, okay? Um, uh, okay, uh, right, not yet, but it has the cards. Anyway, so, um, pretty fun stuff. Pretty fun stuff looking at the stats. I'm pretty happy with it so far. Like, I, I personally am very happy. Personally, I'm very happy. This is a good stat as well. Uh, the overwrite win rate by opponent tier. So, as you can see, some armies push some other armies down. Um, so, Blades of Corn doing really well into the top meta rate. 58% Blades of Corn. Hilarious. I guess, are they all magic heavy? Combat? Flies. They do great into flies, because flies zone into your territory and then they get slapped back. They do great into gargants, because they get, gargants get beat up by them. Okay, interesting. Do great in beast of chaos? Interesting. Yeah. They're good into gargants and nurgle. They have infinite output uh, with Scarbrand. Yeah, that's what I was going to, that's, yeah, that's just what I said. KO are good into the middle, um, and they're leading the first prince, as always, good into the bottom. Really interesting. Yeah, it's that counterpunch army. Like Iron Jaws is just gonna run at you and then Scarbrand's gonna eat all the Iron Jaws up, right? Not that that not that they're top, right? Um uh Legion of the First Prince eleven percent into the top. <laughs> All right, so those are the stats. Go check them all out uh, on the Honest Wargamer stats page. Um, thanks to Ziggy and Rob for putting all the stats together. It's those two who uh, produce the stats. Uh, Rob does all the input in. Ziggy creates the graphs and makes it all look really nice and great. Uh, you can both check them also out on the AOS Stats Center. I'm just the front. I'm the host. Uh, I give my informed, if not crazy-eyed opinion uh, on some of these pieces of information. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and then now let's look at the event results. Okay, the first event we're going to look at is my event. I normally put my events at the end, so screw you. So, like, I held an event this weekend. We had 10 players play uh, at 
five rounds of competitive age sigma 2000 points uh there was some great people there um uh like and it was won by russell who ended up going uh 4-1 uh, Owen Jackson in second place with Ironbark. How did he do it? Uh, Dom uh, in there as well um, with not playing Trogs uh, and now playing Stormcast. List Trust turned up. Super happy about that. Uh, Luke, Dan, Luke Willoughby. Luke Skelton, who I forgot to mention, uh, did uh, end up going 5-0 at another event, he was telling me, and I just glossed over his list. So uh, now he's playing Maggotkin, so well done to him. Um, Luke Willoughby with a beautiful... Uh, Sons of Behemoth Army uh, and shout out to uh, Leighton who was there with Annette Deakin whose turtle got put in the sun uh, Benjamin with his Legion of the First Prince who's like a commission painter a real real nice fella so like a, a bunch of great people Dan uh, Jimmy just really lovely people um uh, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, what did Russell run? Well, uh, Russell, uh, also known as Elven Painter on Twitter, was running Seraphon with his Thunder Lizard. Now, he said that this is the last time he's going to play Seraphon, and he's a Daughters of Cain player at heart, so he's going back to Daughters of Cain uh, because he said he's just bored of playing it. He's got an Engine of the Gods, Soros, Astroth, Banabera, Skink Priest, Lord Croak, Skink Star Priest, five Soros Guard, two times five Soros Knights. And two Basilodons with Solar Engine, Chronomantic Cogs, the Umbral Spell Portal. Um, so, yes, I've talked about lists like this very similarly. So, uh, like, for years now, actually for two years. Uh, but real quick, Engine of the Gods is an incredible fighting piece um, with Beastmaster and Prime Warbeast. It can have so many attacks. Look it up. It's incredibly worth looking at. Incandescent Retrosis means if you kill it on a 4+, it comes back to life with D3 wounds. No, sorry, wrong. With, hold on. Full wounds, complete, like all their wounds. And he's become a massive prick. He's also, he's also a priest, so he can do curse, as you can see there, uh, which on a four up, a unit in nine inches, any sixes hit, cause a mortal wound on it. Uh, and you can also, uh, if you put it near a, well, you can roll 3d6 or 4d6 if you're near a slant, you can do mortal wounds in AoE, heal, or even summon Morsaurus, right? And in Thunder Lizard, you're minus one damage to a minimum of one, if you fight anything uh, that is uh, a Stegodon, like the Engine of the Gods, um, uh, the Saurus Guard, or the Saurus Knights, right? Um, uh, four plus bring uh, on the engine is wild. Honestly, cannot watch that roll. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy good. Um, yeah, Owen in the chat with some stats. Uh, the Engine of the Gods can, can very comfortably do 20 to 30 damage a turn in combat. It's amazing. And all of that for 265 points. What keyword does it have? Just really good keyword. Uh, Astroth Banabera gives plus one to cast and also expends, extends the spell range um, of casters within some range. I don't know, 12 inches, 9 inches, who cares? And Lord Croak is a forecast wizard um, who can do Comet's Core, which is a D3 or D6 units board-wide can take D3 mortal wounds. Um, as well as being able to cast uh, Mystic Shield, cast Endless Spells, or, and most importantly, be able to do his AoE spell, uh, which can do uh, flat three mortal wounds or D3 mortal wounds to up to D3 units. Uh, sorry, up to three units, and he can cast that three times. So it's incredibly powerful. Um, plus summoning from the engine, so it's worth even more. Yes, oh yes, and you can summon from the engine as well. You can you can summon 10 Saurus Warriors a turn, basically. Um, so yeah, Lord Croak, 430 points. Uh, and he can like shrug off all wounds if you don't kill him. He's kind of got like a reverse incarnate rule. So if you do enough damage to him, he doesn't die. Um, uh, and then he heals all those wounds, so you can't really chip damage him to death as well. Uh, whereas Comet's Call definitely can chip damage the opponent. Skink Star Priest can also buff these units. Um, uh, uh, and he's got Hand of Glory, which is really important because it allows you to reroll ones to hit uh, on certain units, which means the Engine of the Gods is even more fighty. Saurus Knights reduce damage down by one, and they're a castle. They're a really nice little castle piece uh, because they're a cavalry brace, so you just screen them out five wide. You do that with two units of five. You can cover a huge space of the board, and then two Bastillons with Solar Engine with those one-up armor saves, and their shooting attack, which also, with reroll ones to cast, are even more effective at shooting at range. So it's a it's a castle that's just going to keep shooting you and doing damage in the midboard, summoning more units, 
and then just uh, chipping you down with mortal wounds and output, which is really good. Umbral Spell Portal to be able to do uh, spells at range, so 18 inches, and then Chronomantic Cogs to reroll casts. So Russell's been pushing this around a lot. Russell also very well informed. Like uh, every time I spoke to him yesterday, he knew win rates for armies. He knew uh, how um, how different players were performing around the world. He's running the LGT, uh, which is going to be an Age of Sigmar event that's in two weeks. Um, so he's really up to date with all the information available to him. Uh, so it's really nice getting to talk to him in person as opposed to reading his tweets. <laughs> that's, a giant, that's a joke. <laughs> uh, because he, he was absolutely on fire. Like he, he was really well informed. So it was really great uh, getting to talk to him. So congratulations to him. Um, uh, and he should be... Uh, Port will be the D3 or Horde Clearer. Yeah, of course. There's also a Horde Clearing spell, which Kurok knows, so he can also deal with, like, Nighthorn. Croak's great. He's, like, just a great piece. Croak is everything Gobsprack should be, basically. Yeah, so think about that. Uh, hello, Age of Something uh, in the chat. Hope you're well. One of my favorite YouTubes, uh, YouTubers, if you want to go check it out. This. Okay, looking at our next event, we travel over to Australia. That's right, and we're going for the Bathurst... Bathurst or Bathurst GT uh, over in Australia. And it was one, and our only 5-0 was Mr. Dalton Copeland uh, from Measured Gaming, uh, who have a YouTube channel if you want to go check it out. And he's got a uh, Bone Splitters Ice Bone Army. Okay. In his list, he had a Wurgog Prophet, who was the general with the Master of Magic command trait. The artifact was Mork's Bony Bits, and his universal spell law was Levitate, and he was bonded to a Cronspine Incarnate, which means there's obviously one in the list as well. He's then got another Wurgog Prophet, Two war docks, three units of savage boar boys, then one, two, three, four, five units of savage big stabbers, and then two units of savage boar boy maniacs. Let's just make this a bit bigger so maybe people can read it uh, on the screen. Uh, and then the incarnate as well. So his uh, his battalions were bounty hunters, warlord, and battle regiment. And his bounty hunters were the savage boar boy maniacs. So what he's looking to do there. Is move his army forward because bone splitters get a pre-game move, uh, and then he's looking to pin your army back um, with uh, his units of savage uh, boar boys. And his boar boy maniacs can fight quite nicely. They've got a lot of attacks, especially when they're damage doing to galivets. And then his savage big boy stabbers uh, are looking to do loads and loads of damage uh, in melee and when they die. The main trick for this is though is if you ever try and fight into the army at the back of the board, then the Wurgog prophets are going to do their 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 Wurgog stare. Uh, which is where they basically get to do D3 mortal wounds and they get to keep rolling a dice and then keep doing those mortal wounds um, and then do a phenomenal amount of mortal wounds uh, arranged, especially when they're also able to give themselves a two-up ward save at one point during the game, um, uh, which is on the glowing tattoos. So I think the glowing tattoos t gives you a four-up ward save and then uh, once per battle you can add plus two to your ward saves or it adds two to your ward saves and you can go to a four-up ward save. Whichever way round it does, you end up on a two-up ward save. So that war goal profit, that one turn, is going to be able to give you crazy output um, and basically delete whole bits in the game. Really fun, really interesting. A valid army, 55% uh, win rate now. Um, so this is Australia, Europe and America now are pushing forward these bone splitter lists and doing some really interesting stuff with it um, and taking a lot of damage. That incarnate obviously going to be pretty key. You can't retreat from the incarnate, which is again really nice to be able to just put into the midboard. So your opponent, when they charge in, they do all the glowy tattoos. Uh, sorry, no, they do all the Wurgog stairs and they do a bunch of mortal wounds. So really excited to see that uh, play out. Looking at the four ones, uh, some pretty exciting stuff. We had a couple of people flew over from Perth, which is the other side of the continent, uh, to go play at this event. Uh, so Terence Voller was running a Sons of Behemoth list, and he was running Kragnos, two Great Breakers, and a little, arguably one of the most fun armies that you can play at the moment. Uh, I really do think that, like, uh, going for one is a really good result with that army. I think you keep doing that. You've got to paint up three mod uh, sorry, four models and you just run around being a menace. That's all you are. You're a menace. You're a wide-eyed, probably just wearing a singlet and a pair of jangles with like maybe one of those hats that's got two beer cans in and a little bit of a something you can just um, 
you can just drink drinks out of. So just fantastic. So shout out to Terence. Sam Bradbury was running a Lumineth Realm Lords list. I really like this list, actually. Um, but it'll go away soon. So a Sonari Cathalar and a Venari Lord Regent. Then three lots of ten Wardens. So those kind of fighting um, spearmen at the front, which are great in combat. Amazing. That's going to be 20 attacks to do mortals on fives. Then he's got 30 and then 20 Sentinels. So he's going to shoot really well at range. Um, but, like, bla breaking out of that castle, he's got two units of uh, Venari Dawn Riders, um, both of which are in Bounty Hunters, which are amazing, amazing into infantry anyway. Dawn Riders got a special attack called uh, Unfed Furrows, or just Furrows, or whatever it's called. Uh, basically, you get extra attacks if you're going into one wound infantry, which Galician veterans oftentimes are. Uh, and so, actually, um, uh, the incredibly fast Venari Dawn Riders in Bounty Hunters makes them crazy crazy good um uh yeah 12 hours total travel crazy and then he's got a unit of venari blade lords uh and then conan anticog so he can reroll casts don't forget all of the lumineth realm lords units are wizards so uh reroll casts on all of those wizards is great because uh, it means they're more likely to be able to get off uh their sun blessed weapons so just a really fun list um jared baker was running a daughter's cane list and again it was kind of like a little bit different to what we we often see uh, he had a hag queen on cauldron of blood and a blood rat medusa he allied in the battle mage which is plus two to move plus two to charge um for a spell and then he's got a unit of 50 uh, 10 bow stakes sorry then uh two units of 10 fighty snakes two units of 10 witch elves and then two units of five heart raiders with chronomantic cogs and heart of fury so cogs really good for reroll cast obviously and heart of fury is minus one damage to a minimum of one uh, which makes this more melee centered army really really good at being able to stand around in a fight uh, so yeah just very very strong and i think he's also got the uh the zealous orator which pretty mean pretty certainly he's got a four up rally as well in his army as well um then you had Jacob Strachan was running a pretty cool uh, Disciples of Zinch list, which I quite liked. Uh, so uh, he had Kairos and a Lord of Change, meaning he's got five casts. He's got the Blue Scribes as well, um, which means he can re-roll all of his casts in range of them. These are all going to be inside Hos Arcanum. And then a Gaunt Summoner of Zinch. Gaunt Summoner of Zinch is not something you see very often, but Gaunt Summoner has got a really cool ability where you can uh, summon five pinks from his War Scroll, which is quite cool uh, because that does end up being 25 wounds that you can summon onto an objective. Uh, Gaunt Summoner as well has also got the artifact, the Fang Circlet, meaning they can summon six, uh, once per battle, summon a unit of six um uh screamers of zinch so then you've got like a lot of wounds being summoned from this one character on the board which i think is quite fun uh, and it's also a really fast character which is really good um when you want to zip across the board and, and summon units and you're going to be able to generate a lot of summoning points because you've got a lot of casts that re-roll into cast then he's got one two three uh units uh, sorry he's got two units of 10 and a unit of 20 caracacolites and then also another unit of 10 screamers of zinch and then he's got purple sun Ravenax Nashing Jaws and Quicksilver Swords, right? Um, so yeah, just just really really good. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, we also have uh, being run by uh, Alex Bradbury is running Magikin of Nurgle, and he's got the Befouling Host, a great and clean one. Uh, all got steam and spew and he's got two lots of 10 plague bearers in unmatched conquerors so they're going to count as 30 on an objective and they're 20 wounds apiece then he's got five uh future blight kings and two puskal blight lords or sorry two units of two puskal blight lords in bounty hunters so they're great bounty hunter options and then two units of 10 uh, th two units of three nurglings which are great for battle tactics bounty hunters and expert conquerors battalions like just great just a great list uh, and nice and different as well. I think Nurgle's probably one of the stronger books in the game right now. Um, and so that's everything that's happening at our Australian event, uh, which was uh, the Barhurst GT. Congratulations to everyone who did really well. Hope you had a lovely time and can't wait to see more Aussie results in the future. Okay, so our next event is the Smite Club Open uh in oh i've already forgotten it's not in a castle or in arizona it might be in arizona i think it was in arizona with our winner uh and i think tsn rankings champion tom guan in the 5-0 uh also uh, a co-host of uh the tsn um and we'll talk about his list in a minute uh and then colt with fleshy courts in a 4-1 cameron with his silver knight in a 4-1 aaron with his cruel boys in a 4-1, No with his uh, Lumineth in a 4-1, and Gregory Brewer and the Nuge um, uh, with uh, both going 4-1 as well, and Kyle Caleb going 4-1, Christina and Christian Castro going 4-1. Oh my God, there were 48 people 
at this event. So we'll deep dive those, those lists now. The first one we're going to look at, obviously, is Tom's list, and he was running a Hallow Heart Cities of Sigma list. This means you get to add an additional D6 to your casting, but you've got to take D6 mortal wounds in return. So if I take three mortal wounds, I get plus three to cast, which is really good. And that's for all wizards within X range. I can't remember what it is, um, and doesn't really matter. Uh, so he's decided to uh, take a battle mage on Griffin, and he's bonded that to Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. Now he's taken Elemental Cyclone and Warding Brand, which are two uh, like Warding Brand's a really good spell. You cast on a unit, and any time they take a wound on a four up, you take a mortal wound in return. This is obviously phenomenal to do on an Incarnate, because an Incarnate can take an infinite amount of wounds. Um, uh, because it doesn't have a wound cap, it kind of kind of counts as having 18 wounds, but doesn't really. Basically, what happens at the end of the battle shot phase, you count up how many wounds it takes, then you roll 3d6, and if you roll um, under how many wounds it's taken, then it drops a level. But it can take an infinite amount of damage. So what you do is you yeet the Cronspine Incarnate into the enemy, and you let them just do a billion damage to you, and then... Um, every four plus they take a mortal wound in return, which is crazy, crazy clever. Um, he's also got a salt screen bridge for teleporting units across the board. Specifically, his two units of ten free guild crossbowmen, which are really, really good at the moment. Like really, really good. I don't think I've been talking enough about how good free guild crossbowmen are, but they're great. They're a great unit, which is kind of like they're reavers. If you play Ironet Deepkin, they are um, Bliss Barb archers. If you play um, if you play uh, whatever they're called, uh, Heat Knights of Snesh. However, they're great. They're just great. They're a great union. Really good. Really, really, really good. Uh, then he's got a Freegal General with the Arcane Tome and a Battle Mage uh, as well. And they've got Ignite Weapons, which is plus one to wound. And he's got Seer Wounds, which is Heal D6 and then the Warding Brand. And then he's got himself the Incarnate, which I talked about, and the Purple Sun, Ravenax Nashing Jaws. And with that many pluses to cast, you're going to be able to really dominate the Magic Phase. And then he's got 10 Protectors. 10 protectors um and they're really really good as well because they start up with three up save but then they get plus one to save in combat so it's going to be a two up armor save with a mystic shield it's a one up armor save with all that defense it's a zero up armor save so they can ignore like rend three rend two rend three i think um uh, but they've got 51 attacks in combat uh, and then with plus one to wound uh, via um uh, via ignite weapons and then plus one to hit with three inch Wait, range? Three inch range weapons, those things will mess stuff up. Especially when you put the purpose on nearby so that they're minus one to their save, so then they're going to be Ren 2 with 51 attacks, twos and twos. Um, and I don't, uh, but he put it all in a battle regiment so he could go first and basically just uh, yeet, yeet at the enemy. So uh, that's Tom's list, and Tom's been playing a lot of Warhammer, and unsurprising, he's doing really well in the rankings at the moment. Okay, so like here is a great example of why Age of Sigmar isn't currently in a really great place. Let's quickly go through it. Um, so you've got Colt Hegard uh, with a Flesh Eater Quartz army going 4-1, Flesh Eater Quartz. Cameron with Sylvaneth going 4-1. Aaron with Cruel Boys, Cruel Boys of all things, going 4-1. Also, Aaron is a complete stallion. Like, if there was ever a poster child for what Age of Sigmar should look like, it's fucking Aaron. Uh, Noah Quino, Lumineth Realm Lords. Gregory Brewer with Bone Splitters. Matt the Nuge, Nugent. Um, with his Beast of Chaos. Fucking Nuge. Let's go. Uh, Kyle Callip uh, with Nighthorn. And then Christina, uh, Christian, sorry, Castro, uh, Christian Castro, with his Stormcast Eternals. Like, I didn't repeat an army there in those four ones. And the, and the winner, so our 5-0, was also like uh, Cities of Sigmar. It's great. Like, such a variety. And all of those lists, like, maybe we've seen them before a little bit, but, like, just, it's in a really great place. I'm super happy with where it's at. Okay, just looking at some of the lists. The Nighthaunt list uh, had Kurdos, a Krugas Cruciator, Night Shrouds on the Thrill Steed, Guiding Souls, another Krugas Cruciator. So that's going to be two minus ones to a minimum of one. So if you've got any damage three weapons, they're down to one. Spirit Torment. Then he's got two units of three Spirit Hosts, uh, ten, 20 Chain Rasps, two Chain Gas, a Corpse Cart, Two units of four Banshees, and then ten Blade Guys Revenants. So he's got a lot of MSU there for the charges to reduce your saves and all the other stuff um, uh, that you have in the game. Spirit Hosts are really interesting uh, because you're going to need them because you've got loads of additional characters. Specifically, uh, the Kurdos is going to be doing some pretty good fighting. The Cruciators are pretty nice as well as little duelist characters. So congrats on the 4-1. Stormcast Eternals is a nice mix. Guard of Steel Soul, a Lord Relictor. Um, 
Uh, so Gardas is going to give him, uh, be given a 5-up ward out, which is really strong, especially on Stormcast characters. A Lord Imperitant, then a unit of Vanquishers, which is crazy to see them. Uh, a unit of 10 Judicators with Boxstorm Crossbows, which is a lot of Daka, especially good into Nighthorn, and a unit of Vindicators. Then he's got a unit of Annihilators with Meteoric Grandhammers, which are great and going to combo with the Lord Imperitant really well for those drop charges and doing all the Mortal Wounds on the charge. Unit of Storm Drake Guard, which are fast, do Mortal Wounds and are great in a fight. Uh, then a unit of three Vanguard Raptors with long strike crossbows and a unit of Aether Wings as well. It hasn't said whether or not he's taken any um, Holy Commands, but I assume he's taken Shoot Twice, right? Um, uh, which is really, really good. Uh, the uh, Fleshing Quartz list, which is great to see them. They're very, they're, they've got a really low win rate at the minute, so you should be super happy with this. Is an Abhorrent Art Regent for the D3 extra attack spell uh, on uh, Abhorrent Ghoul King or Royal Terror Geist, which is loads and loads and loads of output, uh, especially with that gruesome bite reroll. So you get D3 extra attacks and you reroll the to hits, looking for any sixes to hit, doing flat six mortal wounds, which is just an amazing amount of output. And then a Crypt Hauntier Courtier. A unit of uh, six Crypt Horrors, uh, another unit of, uh, why are the different points? A unit of three Crypt Horrors, uh, then two units of ten Crypt Ghouls, and then a Crunchbind Incarnate of Gur, um, and then the Purple Sun and the like in his list as well. So he's got some, because uh, the Abhorrent Art Regent is a two-cast wizard like a Lord of Change, literally the same, literally the same, 245 points for one, um, uh, 400 points for the other, uh, literally the same. Uh, okay, uh, uh, our Silver Death list is Warsong Rev and a Tree Lord Ancient. The Warsong Rev's got Spellsinger. This command trait is pretty important on what you generally tend to see in the army and how it's going to play. Uh, this means uh, in Null Root, he's going to get an additional 3d6 to cast, or he gets reroll his cast, one of those two. I, I can't remember. But it's the casting version, basically. Um, uh, and then he's got the Purple Sun and the Spice Swarm Hive. That Spice Swarm Hive gives you plus three to your charge, maybe also plus three to your move as well. Um, then he's got uh, two units of Tree Revenants. Great for barge to enemy lines as a battle tactic because they're Galician veterans, so he's going to get three points for that instead of two, which is really, really good. Uh, a unit of ten Dryads. Then a unit of... Six Spite Rider Lancers, a unit of Revenant Seekers, and a unit of Gossamid Archers. What's really interesting about this is absolutely no Kurnoth Hunters. So they've got very fast mobile units, um, which have the same wounds cap, because they've got five wounds like Kurnoth Hunters, but they play a slightly different job. Uh, and that Gossamid Archer unit is very expensive, but really interesting for screening and move blocking, very much like you used to see um, the Foxes for Lumen Throne Lords do. Then you've got Uruk Warclans, Cruel Boys. Oh boy, break a boss on my boot Trogoth, a great fighting duelist character. Kill a boss on Corpse Rip Ripper Vulture, who's the general with super sneaky in the Arcane Tome, and he's got the spell Nasty Hex. That Arcane Tome really good on the Kill a boss on Corpse Ripper Vulture. Uh, then he's got a unit of three, uh, sorry, nine uh, Bolt Boys, another unit of nine Bolt Boys. These are all battle line because he's in Big Yellows, and then another unit um, of three Bolt Boys. Then he's got the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur, and then he's got four units of Hobgrot Slitters. So there's 80 points for screens, which he's going to really want to screen out his Bolt Boys. He doesn't want them to be hit at range. Uh, the Incarnate's obviously going to go off and fight, uh, and the Breaker Boss on My Brute Truckle is going to go and fight as well. So he's kind of got like a, like, it's a great it's a great list to go for one, because number one, I didn't even expect Cruel Boys to be able to go for one. So great work from him going for one with this list, and then also is this the 4-1 list that is needed to push Crawl Boys like out there. Is this the list? Is this the cutty, um, sorry, the cookie cutter list that you need to go 4-1? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But absolutely congratulations to Aaron. It's great work. Our Lumineth Realm Lords list was a Snarry Cathlar, an Enlightener, and a Lord Regent uh, with two units of 10 Wardens, a unit of Blade Lords, and then 50 Sentinels uh, and some Stone Guard. Uh, so congratulations uh, on doing really well there, especially with the Stone Guard inclusion. That's cute. I assume, I assume the Stone Guard are trying to interact with the Cathlar. Interesting, especially with Total Eclipse uh, for a bravery debuff. It's pretty fun. Uh, our Bone Splitters list uh, was in Dragfoot, so no ward saves, and it had two Wurgog Prophets. Um, uh, with a similar uh, loadout to what we saw previously when we were talking about in the Savage Orc Big Boss. Uh, some, a unit of 10 Savage Orcs, a unit of 
10 more boys, another unit of 10 more boys, and then just a shit ton of stabbers. Just a shit ton of stabbers. Loads of stabbers. And then our beastly chaos list, run by the Nuge himself, uh, was two Dragon Lady Shagoths, a safe start and a Steam Prince, who's got a command ability that anyone within 18 inches, uh, or enemy unit within 18 inches, has to half their charge move, which is great. So if you're ever outside of 6 inches from the enemy, you can't charge them, unless you've got any bonuses to charge. And then a Zangor Shaman, then... A unit of three dragon ogres, six dragon ogres, and ten gore. Two units, oh, sorry, two units of ten gore. A unit of ten ungore, um, and then the wildfire taurus, chronomantic hogs, ravening diaflock as spells, and then six bulgore, which is great, and then six zangor enlightened on disc of zinch. So love that bulgore, rarely taken in competitive lists that do well, which is really fun, and a load of endless spells. So it looks like a really fun event. Uh, this uh, the Smite Club Open. I'm glad everyone had a great time. Congratulations and uh, well done to everyone who did really well. Okay, at Renegade Wargaming uh, Autumn Assault, uh, we had oh, 30 players playing. No, not even that many. We had 20 players playing uh, at this event, and where Skaven Tide ended up taking out the event, going 4-0, but no 5-0s. Uh, so going 4-1. Sorry, uh, his Skaven Tide list was Thank Wall, a Warlock Engineer, and a Gracier. Then he had two lots. Uh, of 10 clan rats sorry 20 clan rats and then um uh, a unit of six storm fiends um and then he took a unit of three gisales two unit two rattling guns and a warp grinder with purple sun and also laquan so laquan able to move um uh the name of his whatever his uh move thankwall sorry move that into the middle of the board uh do some magic do some stuff cast a purple sun all that other jazz warlord giselle is great for picking off characters at the back of the board just imagine they're 120 points for effectively long strikes um uh, and then our storm fiends for doing all the power with more and more warp power so yeah really good and actually really impressive to see skaven go 4-0 or even 5-0 but this is 4-1 right uh, we had a Gargans list do really well with a Gatebreaker, a Gatebreaker, and a Cronspine Incarnate. Great list. Really fun. Love that. We had a Stormcast Eternals list with Gardas, um, a Knight Draconis, two lots of five Judicators, four Stormcast Guard, and four Forminators. So this Forminators, incredible output. Don't forget, the, we used to get bonus points for killing Forminators, and they took that away, and they didn't actually change how good the Forminators were. So uh, amazing stuff. Um, and then the Dracothian Guard, uh, so that's Forminate, is just amazing output, especially if they're in Bounty Hunters, which they are, uh, they'll delete almost anything, Stormdrake Guard the same, um, and the Judicators are fine as well, Guard has given everyone a 5-up ward save, which is really good, and then our other Stormcast list was a Knight Draconis and an Encanter for the Auto Unbind and Celestial Blades, which gives plus one to wound, and then three lots of two Stormdrake Guard and two lots of three Stormdrake, uh, Vanguard Raptors with Longstrike Crossbows, all in a battle reg with the purple sun. So really, really good. Like it's just like the old version of the list. Lots of long range shooting, doing lots of damage, and the Stormdrake Guard doing really well. So I'm not surprised to see uh, that list do really well. And congratulations to everyone. Okay, at Renegade Wargaming, uh, Autumn Assault, uh, we had oh, 30 players playing. No, not even that many. We had 20 players playing uh, at this event. And where Skaven Tide ended up taking out the event, going 4-0, but no 5-0s. Uh, so going 4-1, sorry. Uh, his Skaven Tide list was Thank Wall, a Warlock Engineer, and a Gracier. Then he had two lots uh, of 10 Clan Rats, sorry, 20 Clan Rats, and then um, uh, a unit of six Storm Fiends. Um, and then he took a unit of three Gisales, two unit, two rattling guns and a warp grinder with purple sun and also laquan so laquan able to move um uh the name of his whatever his uh move thankwall sorry move that into the middle of the board uh do some magic do some stuff cast a purple sun all that other jazz warlord giselle is great for picking off characters at the back of the board just imagine they're 120 points for effectively long strikes um, uh, and then our Storm Fiends for doing all the power with more and more warp power. So, yeah, really good, and actually really impressive to see Skaven go 4-0 or even 5-0, but this is 4-1, right? Uh, we had a Gargan's list do really well with a Gatebreaker, a Gatebreaker, and a Cronspine Incarnate. Great list, really fun, love that. We had a Stormcast Eternals list with Gardas, um, a Knight Draconis, two lots of five Judicators, four Stormdrake Guard, and four Forminators. So this Forminator's incredible output. Don't forget, the, we used to get bonus points for killing Forminators, and they took that away, and they didn't actually change how good the Forminators were. So uh, amazing stuff. Um, and then the Dracothian Guard, uh, so that's Forminators, just amazing output, especially if they're in Bounty Hunters, which they are. Uh, they'll delete almost anything. Stormdrake Guard, the same. Um, 
and the adjudicators are fine as well. Guard has given everyone a 5-up ward save, which is really good. And then our other Stormcast list was a Nitroconis and an Encanter for the Auto Unbind and Celestial Blades, which gives plus 1 to wound. And then 3 lots of 2 Stormdrake Guard and 2 lots of 3 Stormdrake, uh, Vanguard Raptors with Longstrike Crossbows, all in a Battle Reg with the Purple Sun. So really, really good. Like It's just like the old version of the list. Lots of long-range shooting, doing lots of damage, and the Stormdrake Guard doing really well. So I'm not surprised to see... Uh, that list do really well and congratulations to everyone okay to wrap the show up let's have a look at the player rankings from around the world so at the moment looking at the tsn rankings uh tom guan uh is currently leading he's got the person with six gts in he's got um uh 616 points in the tank with six gts the only person with six gts uh so he's leading there uh, but he has got five, one uh five oh and three four ones already so he might already be tough uh to catch up with alexander gonzalez is go um has been to four events as well he's got himself three four ones he's in second place jeremy vissier has got three five o's from three events 430 points incredible stuff uh so those are all three americans currently leading the world as the best performing players in the world adam mumford from the uk First in there uh, with four GTs, one five zero and one four one um, is our first uh, English player. Carl from Canada, so Carl Ong um, has got himself one five zero. That was at Summer Slaughter, and then two four ones, having only attended three GTs. Mike Wilding from the UK uh, has got himself two four ones, having attended five GTs already. Uh, Kieran Alanda in seventh place. Um, uh, with 141, having attended 5 GTs. Hazel uh, Moon with um, uh, 4 GTs and 241s in 8th place. Matt Beasley, I think, over from, uh, I think, in the US, um, with 341s from 3 events. And then Thomas Bell, uh, with uh, 5 events and then 141. Just taking a moment very quickly to look in the UK. Uh, the top 3 in the UK, we've got Adam Mumford, Michael Wilding, and Kieran Alinda, if we take a moment to look at North America, which won't be a surprise to anyone, you've got Tom Guan, Alexander Gonzalez, and Jeremy Vissier. Uh, if we take a moment to look at the UK and Ireland, not the UK and Ireland, sorry, Scandinavia, uh, we've got uh, Benjamin Flutter, uh, Theo Papacristadula, uh, and Lassie Kalberg are in the top three. And then if we go over to Oceania, uh, which is like um, Australia and New Zealand, uh, then Alexander Kron, Lackey, and Lenny Bell are in the top three. So congratulations to everyone there. So another great weekend uh, of, of games. Um, I just can't say it enough. My only takeaway at the moment is Age of Sigmar is in an incredible place. List diversity is massive. List win diversity is huge. Uh, like there is always bad internal balance in these books, but the game itself is massive. The population of people attending events is growing. The number of people attending events is growing. The number of events is growing. It's just all up at the moment. Age of Sigmar Stonks is really, really high. And as a takeaway, you can't really argue with that. Like, what a great place for a game to be in at the moment. The the, the win rates are good for most factions. Um, It's pretty broad. There's more and more people attending events. If I was in Age of Sigmar, I'd be hyped right now. Like, I'd feel like, I mean, I am in Age of Sigmar, but like, it, as people in the community of Age of Sigmar, I would just think, what a great place. Um, so, like, we should all celebrate that because there's been times when it's rubbish. So let's celebrate the times when it's good. Loads of love. Thanks for listening to the show. If you do like it, do like, comment, subscribe. Share it with your friends is the best thing you can do to help the show. Because um, lots of people don't really hear about some of these lists or the information. And I think I try really hard to deliver good info- information every week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you soon. Goodbye.